going to be continuing to pray together here in just a few moments as we uh, conclude our series, our series of our family meeting about investing in the next and uh, the commitments uh, that we've been praying about over the course of this month and fasting during this past week. Um, but before we get to that, I want to just share a few words from uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Just uh, a few moments focused on uh, some truth from this passage, really three imperatives um, as we think about these commitments. Um, so if you're there in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, either in a physical copy or a digital copy or watching online uh, or on the screen, then let's read this together. It says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, um, just in terms of we have three sort of statements here, and I, I'm going to just spend a very brief amount of time this morning just touching on those. You have three commands. There is let us draw near, there is let us hold fast, and then let us consider how to spur one another on. Those are sort of the three uh, main parts of this passage. And why I've chosen to talk about that this morning as we think about commitments, it all starts with small deposits. Like everything we do that has consequence begins with small investments at a time that add up over time. Um, I, you know, we see this even, you know, our, our orchestra here and, and the beautiful music that they played. Um, I don't believe, now I could be wrong, but I don't believe that anyone that was playing this morning sat down with an instrument for the very first time today and played. No, they, they began playing through a series of deposits of learning music and learning their instrument and practicing over time so that the 100th time that they played sounded a lot better than the first and the fifth year that they've been playing sounds a lot better than the first. We understand this. It's the same principle at the gym. Um, when you go to the gym, um, we had a number of people in our church actually that ran uh, in the Houston uh, half marathon and full marathon. And so a lot of those folks, the first day that they started running was not the day of the marathon. They would not do very well, but it started with a few runs, a few more runs, 
and then building up until they were able to run a marathon. You don't go to the gym and lift weights one day and uh, feel like you're ready to take your shirt off at the beach, right? It's, it's a deposit of a number of days that builds up. It's like learning a language. Um, I have been um, trying to learn French, and I've been on this little app called Duolingo, and please, if you are fluent in French, do not expect a lot of me at this point, but I've been little by little every day for a little over a year taking these little lessons in French so that hopefully um, I can understand a little bit if I hear it, certainly when I read it. When our family went to Montreal as part of a trip to see my sister a few months back, um, I was impressed with how much a year of studying French, not really how much I could hear, though I could hear certain words, but I could read it a lot better um, than I could hear it. But that didn't just happen. It was little deposits over time. And in the same way as we come this morning and we are making a commitment, this is another deposit of our spiritual walk and growth. I, I think back, um, you know, in this passage it says, um, to spur one another on to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembly or meeting together as some have done. And some people may be wondering, maybe you're wondering, why is it important to come to worship week in, week out? As Pastor John used to say, once every seven days that you would come week in and week out. It is the accumulation of all of those deposits. I, I have thought many times of when I was growing up, um, going to youth Sunday school and then youth group. And I was there every single time the doors were open unless I could have like verified sickness. I mean, we were there every time. And I, I've thought about this many times. Um, I remember some of the people that invested in me, that, that sat in a room and taught me, particularly as a youth and as a child, I can probably only remember about three to four specific lessons that I was taught. Now, on one hand, you may think, well, that is a poor rate, but here's the reality. All of those deposits, though I can't remember a single lesson, the formation of that entirety of my life built a theology in which I was able to understand who God is, what his word says, and how to apply it. It's the same way as much as I would love that you were able to remember and recall all the messages that I preached last year. And go, oh, there were 15 or 20 that I just took notes and hit me so deep. The reality is uh, I'd be thankful if you could remember one series that we covered last year. But my prayer is that the deposits of over a year of being faithful to meet together have begun to shape you as we looked at God's word and as we worshiped together. And so as we come this morning to talk about these commitments, we're largely saying this is us taking a year and saying, God, we want to be committed to our families and to our households so that this year you will build up a deposit of faith in us and that we will be different at the end of this year spiritually than we were when we started this year and that we would pray about the commitments of where we fit in this church body to serve. And maybe that's 
um, like the ladies that were sharing and their husbands earlier, uh, investing in the two young men and others on the ports, that 20 to sort of 40 age group going, I will invest in them or I will invest in children or in youth or in other adults or I'm going to serve um, doing things like greeting or in technology or uh, even with the valet parking. I see Mr. Dell Hill back there. He'd love to talk to you if you want to help valet park cars for some of our senior adults. Like, where do you fit in? It's a commitment. It's a deposit so that not only we will be different, but that our church will be different at the end of the year than we are right now. And then financially, we've asked you to pray about giving um, in generosity to the children's building to pay off that, that debt so that we can um, finish that, celebrate that, and then move forward to what God has next for us. And to be generous, say we're going to make deposits this year so that the goals will be further along at the end of the year than they are right now. Just like in every part of our life, it's about deposits. And so very quickly, these three areas, um, the author of Hebrews, I almost said Paul, but we don't know who wrote Hebrews. But the, the author of Hebrews, these three statements. First he says, draw near. And he gives sort of these evidences. There's two evidences. He says the reason we can draw near is because of the work of Christ. Because he sacrificed himself for us, laying down his own life. The veil of the holy of holies was torn. That is his flesh was broken for us so that we may enter in through Christ into the very presence of God. That when you and I pray, he says you can go with bold assurance and confidence right into the very presence of God because of Jesus. And the second qualifier is because we have a great priest over the house of God, also Jesus. He is the veil that we go through and he is the priest that we go to and say, please on our behalf take this to the Father. And he is faithful to do that. And so in a few moments we're going to pray and I I hope that we will pray boldly and with assurance that God hears our prayer. So draw near this year. Draw near this morning to God in prayer. Secondly, he says, hold fast. Or maybe your translation said, hold unswervingly. Meaning, do not veer to the left or to the right, but hold fast. Don't lose your grip. And on what? Hold fast to the hope of our salvation. Our mission statement of why we exist as a church is to see God awaken people from death to life in Christ. That is our hope. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't even have to give a lot of examples. All I have to say is, aren't we living in a day and time in which we need to hold fast to the hope and the truth of the gospel? And, and the, I almost said Paul again. But the author of Hebrews says at the end of this passage, even more as the day is drawing near. 
What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day, that glorious, blessed day, which is the result of our hope, when Jesus will come back and judge the earth and separate sheep and goats, wheat and tares for eternity. Our hope is not in anything you and I have ever done. Our hope of salvation has nothing to do with whatever we filled out on a card and we'll put in this trunk in a few moments. It is only in Christ. Our only hope is Him. And our hope, and not like a wishful thinking, but our belief, our faith in a hope that we know is reality to come, is that He is going to return. And we, he will make all things right. And those who are in Christ will spend eternity with him. Oh, that is our hope. Let us hold fast to that, keeping the main thing the main thing. And then the third thing that the author of Hebrews writes is not only to draw near confidently or to hold fast or unswervingly our hope, but thirdly, let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And he sort of gives two qualifiers. One of the ways that we encourage each other or spur one another on is by meeting together, not neglecting this meeting there is a power when we meet together and see one another in worship, in support, in encouragement. There is just something of being together that the author of Hebrews says, you want to spur others on, show up. Show up for the family of faith for worship and in prayer. And then the second thing is, and in encouraging one another. Encourage one another. And so as we bring these commitments, I can't help but think that, at least for me, as I filled out ours last night uh, as a family and we went through the process, was thinking, now we are making these commitments. Let us spur one another on to the keeping of these commitments. As I look at my wife and my two kids, let us be committed to encouraging and spurring one another on to our commitment to a family and a household of devotion and worship. And as we talked about it, it meant when you sign this, what we're saying is that when we say, hey, we're going to have a family devotion, that we're not going to complain. We're not going to be like, oh, but what about that show we were watching? We're going to be there. And when it's time to go to church, we're going to be ready and go to church and we're going to pray for one another and we're going to memorize scripture together. It's spurring one another on in our home. And then when we looked at the part about where we might serve and find our place, we began to think, how can we spur on one another by our investment? And, and so my kids were writing down areas that they want to spur one another on and the places that they can serve. And my wife was putting where she can serve. And I began to think, I mean, outside of this, where do I volunteer and serve? How do I spur on this church family to love and other good deeds in the name of Christ. And then lastly, we think about, all right, as a family, as we think about generosity and giving, how can we spur on the ministry of God by giving both to our general fund and to this building and to other things? We prayed about a couple of other areas that 
uh, that we feel like we might want to support uh, in generosity this year. Why? So that we can spur on the ministry of God and others through generosity. Does any of that make sense this morning? We are commanded to draw near in prayer, to hold fast to the hope we have in Christ. And then we are to consider how we play a role in spurring others on to love and good deeds by meeting together and by encouraging one another.